Hey, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I'm your Game Master Porter, and we're excited to continue our journey tonight. Let's introduce our party, starting with Erin. Hi, I'm Erin, and I play Eleanor Westergaard, and she is a beguiling, magical, slaying human sorceress with venom in her veins. Other aspects are fantastical facades, the Westergaard family business, and Lady on a Mission, and she still is wielding her negative energy ward and her fancy whip. By the way, what's your uh, thirsty at? Doesn't that go away? You said we were going to have a refresh. You get one back for the session. Oh, well then she is at two. She has five slots to fill, and she has two filled. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, Tiffany. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning eccentric earthen enchantress. Uh, Mira's trouble is she does not kill. Her other aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. She also has blood on my hands and her negative energy ward and the staff of summer flame. And Brendan. Hello, I will be playing Yolok, the slippery kobold treasure hunter. His uh, trouble aspect is getting in is no problem, but getting out. <laughs> Yolok is beneath notice and is currently in the void with Mesh Kennet and Alashra. He has complete dedication to the mistresses and is always carrying his masterwork thieves tools as well as a Marodi stiletto. And he is driven by the King Killer, a weapon which is bonded to Yolok. Currently sitting at uh, four fate points. Excellent. And on that topic of fate points, this is a full refresh for everybody because I've pushed you hard for several sessions. So, um, Tiffany, how many do you have? And Aaron, how many do you have? I have four. With the refresh? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm at four. Awesome. All right, so we're going to be picking up in the wake of the wild hunt. So our last episode, we spent uh, a we spent the whole time avoiding the wild hunt, um, led by the master of the hunt, and it was a it was an epic scene of hunters and and hounds and riders charging underneath you while you all stealth bombered above it all. And uh, trying to fight the the pull of the hunt, sucking you in, and uh, trying to make you predator or prey. And in the end, you you uh, you held together with a whole lot of self slapping, and <laughs> it was very it was not very dignified, but it was very effective. I regret giving you the flying carpet immensely. <laughs> <laughs> But it was awesome, so it's all good. All right, so we are picking up today shortly after the Wild Hunt. You have touched down. You have caught your breath. The adrenaline is releasing. And everything is silent. After a few minutes of all of you kind of catching your breath, you start hearing the familiar, subtle sounds of forest life. 
returning that are only notable because of their absence before. Birds, little the occasional little squawk of a squirrel, insects, the breeze rustling the leaves. And after a few minutes, life returns to normal. And then, from a large nearby tree, a large bear steps out of the tree. As in, literally, the, the, the bark of the tree almost uh, amoebas out in a shape, and stepping out from the tree is a large, bipedal bear standing on two legs, wearing clothes, with an enormous bow strapped to his back. As he steps out of the tree, the bark parts around him and wraps itself back up against the tree. And he steps out, and he breathes a huge sigh of relief, with a bass that rumbles in your bones. <sighs> oh, I can't believe I made it. Oh. How did you escape the hunt? <sighs> and he's he he his hands go down on his knees and he's breathing as if as if the air inside the tree was constricted. And he's br just breathing in relief and he walks over walks over to you and raises a hand in 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 a, in a peaceful gesture. Oh. <sighs> Forgive me. I hope I didn't startle you. Oh, sorry. It's hard to breathe in there. How did you all get... How did you all get through that? I would assume we're on our carpet right now, right? You've all touched down to the ground. Oh. Uh, we... I don't know if you could see us, but we were on our carpet. And I gesture to the carpet that we have not yet fully put away. He he looks back at the tree, looks back at you. That's a good strategy. Uh, wish I had one. I'm particularly intrigued by by your manner of camouflage. That's that's quite a trick. <laughs> Well, forgive, forgive me, forgive me. He he claps his two enormous hands. Pause. You're not in quite sure yet. They look they look like they have opposable thumbs together, and he uh, reaches them up high over his head and gives a bit of a stretch and a neck crack. Ugh. It it's a it's a good it's a good trick that a that a, a druid friend of mine taught me many years ago. Um, my name is 
Forgive me, I'm very rude. My name is Maloof. And that is uh, the only way I was going to escape the wild hunt. And even then, I think the hounds knew I was there. But they, they were circling the tree and sniffing suspiciously. And then something, something distracted them and they ran away. I'm, I'm not sure quite what happened. I can't see very well from inside the tree. But whatever it was, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I believe that may have been my handiwork. Um, uh, Maloof, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, my name is Mira Barkridge, and I am, I am grossly interested in whether or not what you've just accomplished is a power of yours, a power of the tree, or maybe both. I think we have a lot to learn from each other. He looks around at your little group. Do you have any food? I'm starving. Mm, we've food got a story. Rat. No. Uh, I uh. mean, okay. Quick aside, no, 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 quick aside, this is not Mira talking, uh, this is me just hesitating, looking like I'm thinking, like, oh, do we have any gorp left, or, but really, I'm like, how bad would it be if we scoffed at a friendship with a bear right now, would that backfire, or is this something we want to sacrifice some rations for? We should probably sacrifice Well, like, we've never... We've never really talked about, like, rations in general where it's like, and now I consume 10 units of gore. Yeah, we're, right? we're, we're not going to be, we're not going to be tracking, like, daily counts of stuff. It, it's more like you have until you don't. So, yeah. So, like, I imagine we kind of, like, always have some food kicking around, right? Like, we're adventurers. Adventurers and, have food, right? Yes. Okay, so, so... I, I won't speak for rationing our group resources, but Mira realizes that if she's got to have a skinny lunch or two for the next couple of days, this is a friendship worth pursuing. <laughs> so she re she reaches into her pack and offers a handful of berries or jerky or whatever we've got, you know, in our snack packs. Happy to share. Ooh. Awesome. He, uh, he comes forward and, and he, uh, he takes the gift with a, a graceful gesture and kind of holds his hands up to his up to his forehead with a little bow in thanks as and he then sort of sits down on his haunches and proceeds to kind of nibble while you guys are chatting. And he's just he's rotund and he's got these broad, beefy shoulders. He's enormous. Um I love Maloof. <laughs> I am on team Maloof. And you're pretty sure that the bow strapped to his back is about as thick as your forearm. It's <laughs> like it could probably shoot through a brick wall. Um, and is uh, there anything is there anything about Maloof that sort of like just at in, in looking at him uh, sort of indicates that Maloof is part of like a tribe or something like is there uh like any sort of like uh like tribal necklace or 
tattoo or I guess engraving or no, but he's carrying a staff that has a spike on the bottom with and at the top it's holding a lantern that is glowing that is emitting a soft silver glow. Well, that lantern is very distinctive. You've never seen it, but it, it looks like he's holding like as he sits down on his uh on his haunches, he stabs the spike into the ground and it just sits there like a nice pole. And he uh he so 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 yeah, so yeah, that that's the that's the thing that jumps out at uh um once you get past the fact that it's a giant talking bear. Um so all of you have vaguely heard mention or tale of the bear folk there in the same way that you know folks up north have heard of knolls but like you haven't or or the cat folk of the southlands and this is the first time any of you have ever met one so the his legs are longer than a normal bear's but shorter than that of a of a typical humanoid He's really broad, really large, uh, large torso. His arms are very long, almost like gorilla-ish in, in proportion. And, uh, and he does in fact seem to have a tiny little puffy tail at the end of his big butt. Um, <laughs> and his, his, he has a bear snout with a very articulate set of lips as he's talking and his eyes are big and brown and just warm chocolate. Is, uh, is, when we know of bear folk, yeah. do we know of bear folk, like, from the, uh, not shadow realm, or are bear folk, like, commonly known to be in the shadow realm oh so actually so none of you have really known much about the shadow realm until very recently and so yeah you actually your associations with bear folk are actually tales in the far far north of in the snowy northlands uh where the reaver dwarves sail and uh the trollkin fight on the shores of the of the the of the northlands they are they're in ex they're they're the ex the kind of northland uh group kind of equivalent of the cat folk in the south Got it. um so yeah there that's kind of the the tales you hear of the bear folk um and uh he, his uh his fur is largely black he's got a whole lot of gray around his muzzle though um and he's got a really big, thick, uh, black leather vest that, um, covers his, covers his chest and has kind of little pouches and stuff built into it. And, uh, then a, um, a large, almost kilt-like pleated leather skirt of sorts around his, that goes down to around his knees. So he is now sitting in front of you and with one hand kind of holding the, tr the, uh, the treats that Mira gave him and with the other hand kind of 
delicately plucking them with his nails and popping them in his mouth one by one, very, like, primly, while he goes, mm, mm. So, <clears throat> you're not from here, I think. You're looking at that rope. That looks... Hmm, Bastetian? Possibly? I haven't seen the style in a long, long time. But you all don't look like you're from there. Where are you from? What is he referring to as the Bastetian? Oh, the rug. Like the, 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 the weave of the rug, the styling on the rug looks very distinctly hmm. Southlands. And you all distinctly don't. Uh, we have just... Uh, we have arrived from an area near Bastet. And this rug is from there as well. Hmm. Hmm. We're, we're from all over, um, but what ties us together is actually where we are going. Hmm. So we are merely passing through. We've been many places, but we hope to arrive at one singular place, hopefully very, very soon. And... We have found ourselves on the Shadow Road as the quickest means to get there. Yes, yes, yes. The Shadow Road is, uh, this is a not commonly used one. I was using it myself. But given the, what just happened here, I think I might be returning back to my village shortly. Am I, forgive me, uh, am I... Right to assume that by by the staff that you carry, that uh, you are one of the lantern keepers? So, when you say that, he stops chewing, looks up at his lantern, looks at you, smiles. I suppose I am. Pops another berry in his mouth and keeps chewing. It's a lantern, and I keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually worked very hard to procure a lantern of our own to ensure uh, the safety of our travel. Um, we we knew very little about the Shadow Realm before arriving here, and one of the few things that we were told was that a group known as the Lantern Keepers uh, would offer the safest harbor that we may ever come across in this dangerous road that we travel. <laughs> kind words. That is, uh, I did see your lantern. It's a bit... May I? May of I? Of course, please. He uh, kind of stands up and kind of shuffles his way over to it. Um, and... Uh, he kind of looks at the the dancing little dark flame in the in the lantern. You and you now that you have the two of them kind of there, you notice that his is much more of a pure silvery light with no discernible flame source. It just comes from inside the lantern. Um and you whereas yours has a distinct like flame that like puts out a a a uh a dark light. Um, so they're, they're different. They're definitely 
different. He looks at yours. Huh. I've never actually seen one like this. What is it? Uh, this is well, the, uh, this is the lantern of shadow flame. Huh. That our friend here was able to procure from us quite dangerously. For us, excuse me. He looks over at you, Yolak. Treasure hunter. I am particularly skilled at liberating objects from places where they are believed to be secured, but he snorts in this thief in this. <laughs> In this particular instance, I have found a higher calling as I, uh, I now serve my mistresses. He kind of looks between the three of you and shrugs. This particular lantern came from the Temple of Thoth Hermes. Hmm. Where's that? The Temple of Thoth Hermes is near Nuria Natal, uh, west of Nuria. Hmm. I have never been there. I've never been to the Southlands. Actually, I've never actually left the Shadow Realm. I was born here. Many of us were. Uh, and when you when you say us, whom does that include? Your village? Yes, and the lantern keepers in general. We we've been here for many generations. The original lantern keepers were folk from the north who found themselves trapped in the shadow realm and brought light with them, and they've been keeping it alive for hundreds of years but my village is known as hearthstone is that way and he points kind of crisscross to the uh the the shadow of the shadow road it's that way not far is it the direction we were going no it's off the shadow road oh it's off the it's shadow road. yeah so it's perpendicular uh, to the shadow uh, uh, I'm very curious if this particular lantern holds any special significance. Perhaps they can shed some light on the role that Thoth may play down here. Well, if anyone can tell you anything about something like this, it would be... It would be our elder, Kola. She is... She is our... Well, perhaps not our leader, but she is our source of wisdom. I'm a hunter. And I was... on my way... towards... Coramel in shadow, that way. And he points down the shadow road the direction you came from. 
to deliver a message, but given the wild hunt's devastation, I feel like I should return home and reset before I return on my journey. How far out of the way, including the wibbly-wobbly passage of time off the road, uh, would we lose if we went there? So, you're not sure, but that's something you could certainly ask him. It sounds like it's not that far off the road. Well, when he pointed, like, do we see lights in the distance? Like, is it just sort of like just off the bit? Or are we talking like a day's ride situation? It's not visible across. because So there's a bit of a, a haze around the road. Um, but you certainly can't see the sources of light like right from here. But he, he, yeah, he did indicate it wasn't far, but he didn't specify. Okay. Maloof, how far away is your village? A few hours walk that way. Not far. I just left this morning. It is very important that we stay close, or more preferably on the Shadow Road. If we are to follow you, will we be able to find our way back to this particular spot on the Shadow Road? If one knows the way, which I do. Would you be happy to help us back? Of course. You have given me hospitality, and he raises his hand with his treats, and he pops another berry in his mouth. I'll be coming back anyway. Would you... I... He kind of realizes that he's there's probably some decorum here that he's missing i would invite you to partake of the safety of hearthstone for at least a short time you probably don't want to move in i imagine you have somewhere to go we do. Our destination is a bit time-sensitive. We do need to be on our way. But I do believe that perhaps spending some time in your village, especially because we were told that it might be the safest place that we ever may come across, um, I know I certainly would be curious to speak with with other lantern keepers like yourself. And we'd be happy to lend our expertise as we did with the wild hunt. We hope that maybe we could lend our expertise to the benefit of your village. If, if the exchange would be agreeable, we'll accept your invitation. Well then, that sounds, that sounds lovely. And uh, he kind of pops the last bit of food in his mouth. He looks kind of up, kind of gauging the, the light of day. I think we can probably make it home before nighttime. One should not be out at nighttime out of, out of shelter. It's, even for the likes of me, it's dangerous. And at that moment, you hear thunder, you hear 
horse hooves pounding of a single horse coming um, down the shadow road the direction you were headed going the direction you were coming and a single horseman comes around the around the bend and sees you all and he pulls up short and you see a elegantly dressed shadow fay riding a a smoky gray steed and it's very sleek it, the his horse is thinner than normal horses that you're used to seeing the legs seem longer and the body doesn't quite have the same mass um it just looks very thin but not like emaciated just like it's built lither than any horse you've ever seen almost more like a like an elk or a deer um but the you know height of a horse and he's um he is dressed in very very elegant garb that like does not jive with anything you've seen in your travels in the Southlands. In fact, it looks far more in keeping with something you might see from the uh, the 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 Seven Cities up north. He's in um, brocade in a, in a brocade vest with a ruffled collar and uh, little silk puffs popping out of his the cuffs of his sleeves. And his hair is done in this very, is, his hair is purple and his skin is a, a pale gray and his hair is in this swoopy pompadour pulling back to the, uh, on his head and coming out of his, uh, out from there is a pair of like antelope like horns. Um, and he suddenly pulls up his horse when he sees the lot of you. And he pulls a wand out from his uh, from his sheath and holds it out guardingly. It's, ho oh, there! Now, now! I want no trouble with you. Let me pass. Yeah, I, I pull out my dagger immediately. He brandishes and... the wand and it glows like uh... a, a, a greenish light. Put your weapon down, sir! I, I put my hand on Yolak's shoulder and just to like still his actions and I, I address him and I say uh, we, we've we made no action against you uh, is is there something amiss? No, I. you stay there you stay right where you are I am passing through and you will not waylay me here Then, then by all means be on your way Hold your place, woman. And he's slowly sidestepping his horse. Like, he looks really nervous Uh, around all of you. We know exactly whose court he belongs to, and we don't want him to remember us at all. We want to make this a forgotten exchange. Let him go. He is sidestepping. I'm like like pulling at, Uh, uh, like, uh, uh, Mira, you, you feel me kind of like, Sort of like pulling my body forward. I dig in my nails. <laughs> cool it. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Eleanor right, steps uh, out. Yeah. Um, we are 
having a conversation here. You're welcome to go around us, but... And I shall! I want no trouble from bandits like you. Bandits? He sneers in disgust. And who are you? He holds his, he holds the wand up to his chest, like, pompously. Uh, you have the honor of meeting Latam the Swift. Now, all of you, keep in your place. The Swift, why have you stopped in front of us? If you're so swift, then just keep going. I'm, like, mumbling. <laughs> you know. None of your lip, kobold. And he's, he's like, <laughs> sidestepping. His horse is, is like, pulling some footwork you've never seen regular horses do outside what's of, like, dressage. What's the I want to it, shrink his horse. <laughs> I'm going to no, shrink hold on, his what, horse. But before you do that, what is Maloof doing? Maloof is taken somewhat off guard by this. He also looks really, ex he looks, at this point, rather exasperated with the... The Shadow Fae. I want to shrink it to be a pony. You, you, you can. I can? You, you can. That is in your capabilities. Mira, tell it. That is a three on the dice. Tell her to stop. He's a sorcerer. She does Eleanor's like. She can do whatever she wants. All right, so. He can still use it, but like, he needs to be nice to us. Eleanor, That's not going to make him nicer. Eleanor just kind of goes, she gets a three on the dice. That is that 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 is good enough. Um, so, so he sees you do that, and as he sees his sword, he looks at him like, "What is?" And he <laughs> suddenly, in a, you're not quite sure how he goes from being feet in stirrups, but one foot pulls up on the, up to the saddle and he pulls a full-on front flip vault from that single leg lands on the ground in a, you know, hero three-point stance, and there is four foot of rapier steel pointed at your pointed at your chest. Wait, at me? At you, you yes, you. Mira. Well, wait, do, don't I, I let my hand off your shoulder like, the minute he draws steel? No, you don't. He's that fast. But did I shrink his horse? Oh, you totally shrunk oh, his okay, horse. Sweet. Yes, okay, this is okay. his reaction oh, to you shrinking okay, his horse. Okay, okay. Yes. The minute okay. Mira sees the sword out, she lets go Yolok's shoulder. Uh, yeah, I would like to try and do a thing um, where I uh, point my dagger uh, at his throat. I don't cut him. I don't. I don't try to kill him. I don't. None of that. Just as he, just as he is escalating, I escalate right back and in kind. <laughs> and and I'm I'm doing this fastly. Go righteth aheadeth. Okay, I got a plus two on the dice and a three, so that's five. Okay. That is a negative one on the dice. 
That puts him at a four. He has a, he's going to spend a personal fate point okay. uh, to put him at a six. Yeah, all right. I use lightning wits and uh, I create a scene aspect, which is escalating. I'm calling it uh, uh, violent escalation. Ooh. Okay. So what is in the scene that allows you yeah, to violently escalate? What happens? Uh, it's it's how this whole thing is transpiring. What did Yolok notice that gave him the advantage? He was threat. What, he was threatening so the mistresses. We, you you, you got to do so. So let's. Uh, how about we? I I'll take that. But uh, that means you are in tight quarters now. What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Why does this come with uh, caveats? This is one of my stunts. It is. If that's the aspect you want to use, it's got to it's got to it's got to be backed with something. How so? Because, like that is my understanding of how lightning wits works is like I create an aspect. Yes. Right, you like you by noticing something that nobody else noticed. So it's no, like it, no, 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 it, no, yeah, no, 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 he, no. He's right. He's right. He's right. So that's that's I, what I'm I thought. I'm not trying it was. to give you a caveat, Brendan. I'm trying to give. I'm trying to give it a, an action of some like it, it so that it, it comes with something. It's not a penalty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, that All was right. just my clarification. Unpause. So yeah, yeah. No, that that's that's fine. Um. So, how does that aggressive tension manifest? Yeah, so as soon as Mira lets go of my shoulder, I do a uh, sort of a forward somersault combat roll, and uh, just as he is sort of thrusting up at uh, Eleanor, I am now thrusting up at, uh, at him uh, with my dagger. And I am not, I am very deliberately not striking him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, by creating this escalating violence aspect, I'm going to tell him mm-hmm. very calmly and very collected, Captain Swift. Please sheathe your weapon. There's no need for this violence. He looks down at your dagger with, like, disgust is a little too strong. He's unimpressed. But he looks. And you're not sure if it's because of your something of your technique or perhaps the dagger itself. But he's not, he's definitely not afraid of you. I don't need but him to look, be afraid. But I need him to put the rapier down. Yeah, yeah, but he's listening. He's listening. And he... I... had no intention of fighting a duel today. Well, Mr. Swift, how about you go get back on your horse and leave us be? 
I want you to think very carefully. If I can do that to your horse with a very snap of my fingers, what else do you think our group is capable of? If you leave us alone, I will set your horse right, and you can go on your merry way. He stand. He stands up. So you're not highway brigands. I mean, we are merely travelers hoping to be unimpeded as you are. But if you'd like, we could rob you, if that would make you feel better about the situation. You could try. <laughs> he walks back to his horse. His pony. Fine, I'll turn it back normal. Can, <laughs> I, can I do that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a simple release. Okay, I will, un I will release my magic. Hmm. Huh. He kind of eyes each of you. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. Wish. He, uh, gets up on his horse. Can I, while he's doing this, can I quickly, like, stealthily glamorous. We look just a little different. Or will he know He's that? already, like, he's gotten a good eyeful. We've all talked him. to him. Yeah, he's yeah. clocked Although, us. Although, I would say that we look pretty rough. I mean, we've had a rough go of it. You, that is, uh, We that have is, mud on our face. That is like, true. It's been hard. I don't think we look too cute. It was a totally different set of vampire druid and kobold that he happened to run into. Yeah. <laughs> a totally different trio. Hmm. To be fair, the Moonlight King is not looking for Yolok, and Moonlight... Yeah, yeah, the king is not looking for Yolok. And so his presence probably, and our new bear friend, probably yeah. at least shrouds our identity as daughters of anything. Hmm. Very true. So, he gets up on his horse. And he just sneers and kicks his horse into a big, dramatic uprear, like, rearing up and he charges away looking over his shoulder back at you as he leaves down the shadow road back the direction you just came from mm -hmm. and Maloof is sitting there well that happened probably best we all forget it did he he shrugged, seemingly happy enough. I don't think he'd have even stopped if it had just been me. Something about you made him nervous. You do look rather rough around the edges. Do we? I wore my best armor today. I like that you had to look at it first to make sure. Is this armor? <laughs> it's been a while. 
<laughs> we've been journeying for some time and and we've had to look over our shoulders for most of it so our intimidating presence is maybe not intentional but it's not the first time someone has questioned their actions when approaching us you know i rather like that people are now questioning their actions around us it occurs to me you probably haven't had a bath since Perbestat. Oh hey, we just had a fairly decent, nearly dunk in the river of dead ghost people. You sure did. People, and that probably I don't know, maybe that refreshing. kind of gave us a brisk rinse. <laughs> brisk rinse? In the haunted water? Uh, yeah, nothing river. but like the haunted river yeah, full of corpses yummy. that gets you, you know, nice and fresh in the morning. Great um, bath. Maloof stands up and kind of t and, uh, takes hold of his lantern staff. I suspect he's halfway down the road to Caramel in Shadow by now. What is in Caramel by, sh of, by Shadow of Shadow? In Shadow. In Shadow. It's a crossroads of the shadow realm there are several shadow roads that converge on that point and thus you see many travelers from the shadow realm and the realms of light mingling there he that may not have been his actual destination he's probably heading to one of the courts on the way but that's the general direction people generally refer to on the Shadow Road. Could you tell what court he was from by what he was wearing? Nah. Sorry, I I don't in I'm not I don't involve myself in the politics of the Shadow Fay enough to really know. We should probably let you know that, um, and I sort of look at Mira like, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him a little bit of stuff. A little bit. Yeah, I'm giving her, like, the, the punchy fingers going a little bit. Um, Just enough that he needs need to know. We would like to avoid anyone from the Winter Court and the Moonlit King. Doesn't everyone? They're rather unpleasant in general. Yes, but we would really, really like to not encounter them. It would be really beneficial for all involved if the Moonlit King or anyone in his employ knew we were even here. Didn't know that we were here. We just kind of want to get in, take the shadow road, get out. Hmm. Why? He's totally not getting it. We need to get to a certain place by a certain time. And if we miss it, there are major implications. Mira, Mira, do you think we could ask Baloof 
to guide us to the exit point. He would be able to tell us how long it would take to get there. He would be able to keep us on the road. He could potentially be an extra set of eyes, and he knows all the threats in this area. Eleanor's like, yes, on with this plan. I mean, I, I, that, Maloof, that would be up to you. I don't know if your, your message that you were en route to deliver was important such that you could be the only one to deliver it. If you'd be able to delegate such a task and act as our escort, we of course would compensate you in a way that however best we could. Oh, we can compensate you. I wink at Mira. Oh. He, where are you going? We need to be in Shabai in on the order of a week. Any more than that, there are grave implications. He, he, he considers for a minute. So you're taking the shadow road, you're taking this shadow road, that, and he points down the corridor of the shadow road to exit at Shabbat. That's the entire other end. Intend? Yes. Yes, that... That actually seems entirely reasonable. And You've we... got some time to spare, even. And Maloof, would you be willing to be our guides along this path? We've already demonstrated that we're happy to defend you if it requires. If the <laughs> wild hunt shows up, we of course would be willing to lend you our aid. And we can of course compensate you very handsomely. I have a duty, but that duty could be, as you said, it could be discharged, but <sighs> perhaps you come with me back to Hearthstone for the night. Let us rest. Let you clean yourselves up. He kind of gestures at, at Mira, who is a hot mess. Of dirtiness. <laughs> On brand. Let's <laughs> and let us discuss with my superiors, and that may well be doable. We'll lead on. He kind of claps both hands on his rather large thighs and uh, leads off. And uh, he kind of holds out his uh, lantern staff. I go up to him and I say, would you like to ride? And I gesture to the carpet. He he looks at it and we've, it, all, we've all been taking turns. Totally. Uh um Will May I? Sure. <laughs> he kinda comes over <laughs> and he kinda touches it to like get a feel for like the resistance and and then he sort of 
sits on the edge and sort of shuffles his way. The the thing sags. I was gonna say, does it sink under the water? Yeah, it, it like drags on the bottom, like the suspension's all bottomed out. On yeah, the that's exactly what happens. The, the poor rug is like. <laughs> it can kind of carry him, but it's kind of awkward. But please tell me that Maloof is just having the time of oh, his life. Up there. He's totally—he kind of wiggles his way to the center of it, and there's ah! this enormous depression that's floating just a few inches off the ground. Oh, <laughs> I love Maloof so much. It's sort of—it's almost like wrapping around him like a sack because it just can't. <laughs> He rides on it for a little while until until he like bumps his butt into a rock and then oh, he climbs off. Oh. But he has the time of his life in the meantime. Good. Alright. There's uh, more where that came from, Maloof. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He uh he uh <laughs> he leads you on a so you you exit the shadow road and you you pass through that sort of hazy veil, which you did during you did earlier during the wild hunt, um, but you you pass through again, and you're now into a deep, dense um, forest of uh, broadleaf trees, and the canopy above you is tall and thick. And yes, Mira, it is very reminiscent of your your old home. Like, it feels very familiar. The ground is thick, uh, is, is, uh, some, a little bit of grass, a lot of moss and kind of weed cover, um, and, uh, uh, and it has a rich, just earthy smell coming from the dirt. And, uh, he, as he leads you on, he kind of, like, it doesn't look like there's a path, but he takes you kind of weaving our in and around stuff. And there's a, there's a way that like, isn't particularly hard to walk through. Like it, it's not like you're bushwhacking, but if you were just looking at the path, you would expect it to be bushwhacking. So he is just leading you deftly through the, uh, through the foliage. And then there is one point on your your walk where he gives you all a hand signal to stop. He looks back and holds a, a clawed finger up to his lips to signal to be very, very quiet. And without making any sound, he stakes his lantern, pulls the bow from his back, strings it, pulls an arrow and just holds silently and lets the arrow go and shoots a deer 50 feet away that none of you even saw or were even aware of. He takes a short break to go prepare the deer, slings it over his shoulders and carries the rest of you on on, on the walk as he brings the deer back to Hearthstone with him. And Mira, you particularly appreciate the the <clears throat> sensitivity of his... You're not sure if he heard it or he smelled it, but you didn't see that deer. 
you didn't know that deer was there. And it was through a bunch of bushes that he probably didn't have a very good, clean line of sight. Um, and uh, Yolak appreciates that the air, the, the size of the arrows that that bow shoots and how deeply it went through that deer um, from the power of that bow. Mm. So... You keep you continue on, and until a few hours later, it's getting close to nighttime. You can, uh, you can just you can tell because the already dim light starts getting truly dark, and so the the orb of your little lanterns that each of you carry, um, that that he carries and that that you carry, um, become very defined. And you start feeling, you start becoming very aware of how dark it is beyond the light of your, your lantern. Then you can tell it's going to get darker still. But then, up ahead, you see a glow. And as you approach the village, you see a ring of little posts in the ground and on each post is a little lantern very similar to the one that he carries he gives a little he gives a little uh, a, a little whistle and a signal up in a direction to probably a sentry up in a tree but you don't see them mm. and he leads you up to a uh a uh a point in the wall in the the ring of lights that looks like an entryway there are two little um br uh two little trees that arc up and actually interconnect at the top almost like a little like like a little archway um and both of them have a lantern set right in front of them so it creates a nice little portal to the village and uh he gestures for you all to uh step inside and he goes, welcome to Hearthstone. And he leads you in to the village. Do we perceive when passing through the the tree gate, is there like like an arcane barrier or is it just like literally just kind of like where the border is designated to be? So couple things. As you step in so, Eleanor, with your very natural sor uh, sorcerer's connection to magic, you feel a change in the texture of the space around you. It's really hard to put your finger on because it's very foreign to you, mm. but you feel a threshold mm. that you pass through. Okay. Mira. What you notice as you walk in is you suddenly look up and throughout this whole area that you, since you arrived, whenever you look up, you just see this thick cloudy haze above you in the sky. And it's, um, you've never seen a sun. You've never seen a star in your journeys here thus far in the Shadow Realm. As you look up here, as soon as you walk in through the threshold, you look up and you actually have a clean line of sight 
to the sky above you, and it is crystal clear, starry nighttime sky, like you would see back in the back in the the material realm. Hmm. And the stars gleam brightly, and the light of the lanterns seems to streak upwards far much farther than it should almost like pole, little poles of light reaching up mm. towards the sky and so it's like the the lanterns create this kind of like palisade wall against the mist as you uh as you walk in you have a moment to take in the the sky and then you look around and it's a small village um the homes are it does look like it's permanent the homes are mostly made of wood despite the name you don't actually see stone buildings anywhere they all <laughs> seem to be made of wood um but they are and most of them are um kind of peaked domes but they're not necessarily small they're not like huts but they're but they're, it is it is a it is definitely a a a small village of wooden homes with um probably a small population um and you get wager that half of that population is quickly approaching to see what just arrived because uh Y'all are kind of exciting. They don't get visitors that frequently. Yeah. So, in front of you is a small, is a small group, and it's but it's a mix of bear folk and dwarves. Dwarf, you have you have all not seen too many dwarves in your travels. They're definitely um they're definitely around, but these ones definitely look different. These are probably northern dwarves or from from that heritage. They are very fair skinned. They have bright um red or blonde hair. Um the the style, the beard styles are different than what they what they wore in the Southlands. And they're quite different even than those in the central um con in the central region um where you came from, Tiffany or and, and Eleanor. There are plenty of dwarves where you came from, but the, the northern dwarves have a different style around them. Um so they're they're a bit distinctive but recognizable. Um, and the bears range from, there's a few white, there's a few brown, um, and, uh, kind of a range of tones within all of that. And it's not a big group, probably about a few dozen people kind of got, com coming from their various work or, or homes to come see what Maloof has just brought in. And uh, uh, he kind of leans over to Mira. Sorry for the attention. You, 
This is the most exciting thing that's probably happened in a few months. We're we're happy for the company, and we we are happy to provide. No offense or apologies needed. So as he uh, he leads you forward, and um, he kind of waves a hand. Back off, everyone. They're just weary travelers here for a safe haven for a for a day or two. Let's give them some space, and most of them all kind of disperse back to their to to their stuff. But um, there's a, a a little group of kids um, hanging around, and it's a it's a little dwarf girl and a little bear child. You're not sure the you're not you're not sure the gender and a uh and a, a little dwarf boy and the three of them are kind of hanging around on the periphery still just watching all of you i reach into my pouch and i grab a couple of seeds and i hand them a bunch of freshly hand-grown wildflowers oh <gasps> wow that's that's beautiful. The little the little dwarf girl comes up to uh to see the flowers. How did you, how did you That's really I nice. Just, I just wink at her and I gesture that she can have them. She takes them and she goes over to her friends and hands them out and they all proceed to kind of you they sit down and you think they're going to kind of weave them into her hair. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, uh, he leads you through, uh, through the village to a, um, to a slightly larger hut. And, um, steps in, kind of gestures for you all to kind of wait. He steps in. A few minutes pass. Steps back out. And, uh, um, my leader will join us for dinner, but, uh, I've explained the situation. He's happy to discuss arrangements, but let's go get you settled. And he kind of leads you across a little town, the little square. And in the center of the square that you walk by, there's a large uh, fire pit that someone, that the, a group is getting started up for uh, for cooking dinner. And he drops the deer off there. They already have something set up for tonight, but um, they're very, they, the group seems really grateful. There's a, uh, there's a, a chef that is, really excited at the sight of of uh of the deer so he takes you then to a small um to a small uh hut on the other side and a old uh dwarf man pokes his head out when maloof kind of raps on the on the door pokes his head out and maloof kind of chats with him for a minute and the dwarf nods and all right, all of y'all, come on, come on, take a rest. You're welcome here. 
and he he kind of gestures for you all, and he kind of walks into the hut and leads you all into a small uh, a a small hut that has just a few little dividers on the inside and some spaces to rest. And you're not sure if this is this almost looks like it might be like an infirmary or something. It doesn't look like it's not like an inn or a hotel. Like there's it's nothing like that. This place doesn't have anything like that. But there has, are some cots. Has there been like any sort of like heraldry or uh like identifier? So I, I I'm kind of fishing here to see if like if, if there's any knowledge. You know, Yolok has some worldly knowledge, uh, and back in his relic hunter days, you know, probably dug a little bit into this kind of lore. So I'm wondering, mm. I'm wondering if there's just any sort of kind of unifying theme here, or if it's literally just, they all have the same lights and, and that's it. <laughs> or if perhaps they all came from one location at, at once, if, if they're all united around this kind of like Northern sort of theme with the Northern dwarves and the bear folk, then like I'm one, that's what I'm kind of fishing for. Yeah, here. I'm happy to roll some dice too to see if I can figure that info out. No, it's 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 not so it's not such a a big deal that I, I'm going to make you roll. Um, you Yolok is able to notice a few like there's definitely a, a a few little like symbols here and there. They're fairly unassuming and like not um not not grand um but based on some fashion based on some decorations um it looks like the roots of this group definitely seem to stem from a small group of families you you'd wager maybe th no more than like three like families or clans or tribes or something along those lines three three groups and they all seem like they're coming from um north ish in terms of yeah that's about as tight as he can get from his familiarity but you've got about three groups that seem to be kind of intermingled here um and they they're all far north of anything that he has detailed knowledge of Okay. But there's definitely the trappings. And you've noticed okay. a bit of iconography related to um some of the 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 northern deities like um Thor, Loki, Odin, etc. Okay. Of which you have general vague awareness. Okay. Uh, so um the the old dwarf kind of gets each of you a little space with a with a uh, a cot and um there's a little dividing like screens made of wick woven wicker that he kind of stands up to give you each a little bit of a little bit of space um and the more you look around you're pretty sure that this is in fact an infirmary that's just empty right now so it's a convenient spot to put people that don't have a place to stay. 
Hey, we've got a bed and we're surrounded by friends and safety in this place. We weren't sure we were going to find either. So Mira, at least, is grateful. And in fact, in the uh, in the room, there is a um, over on the wall where there's a bunch of of uh, uh, doctor supplies. You see a bowl and a pitcher of water, and he kind of he he in the course of getting you all settled, he indicates that you're you're welcome to to have some, and it's clean and clear and cool. The good water that we told was in short supply around these parts. Correct. Uh Uh-huh. Correct. So, um, Maloof leaves you all to just have a little time to kind of freshen and, uh, that he'll, he'll come get you in a little while. So, um, we can kind of fast forward through you all just having a little chance to kind of clean yourselves up to, uh, to dinner time unless there's any specific conversation you want to have amongst yourselves in the meantime okay no i think we probably give each other fairly sizable wide berths if we're all gonna sort of you know take ourselves to a washcloth and a basin and (laughs) yeah take some well-needed time yep so you get a little private time to just clean up and um a little while later um Maloof takes you uh, out for a, uh, or brings you to a, a, what seems to be a community dinner. Um, and again, you realize like this is a pretty small group. It definitely raises questions about like, you know, what, especially when you, the fact that there are two distinct kind of, um, species groups involved here, like, who who knows how marriage how how marriage or or pairings or families work around here? Maybe there's ties to other groups, but it's certainly not large enough to be um, a uh, to be completely isolated. There's definitely no way they survive that way. Um, so uh, you know, there's probably a few you know less than a hundred people here. So it's a small group. Um, so it's probably more of a like and like a an, an outpost or something like that so maloof kind of guides you all to get get a a plate and it's a uh, or a, a dish and it's a a wooden bowl of really savory thick stew and he sits you all down um around uh around near the near the fire no one sits right next to the fire because it's really large um but he brings over a um he brings over a dwarf and this dwarf is um younger looking than you would have expected and is um looks like a warrior someone who he's definitely he he moves like someone who has been in a lot of fights. He has a soldier's kind of bearing about him. Um, and he sits down, he sits down with you all. And uh, he doesn't seem to have much 
any any patience for niceties. Uh, he sits down. Evening. My name is Gormand. I'm the captain of the team here, and I understand that you met Maloof on the Shadow Road today. I also understand you've made an offer of sorts of his services. Am I following thus far? Yes. Yes. Our our chance encounter with Maloof, um, we <laughs> we've been very lucky uh, to come across someone with such a skill set that I think we would be greatly appreciated to have with us on our journey. Hmm. You're not wrong. He's very talented. One of my best. So, you're headed to the far end of the Shadow Road, in Sh and you're exiting in Shabai? That is our intention. And to do so fairly quickly. Mm. Mm. I see. And you understand I have him on other tasks. We yeah. do, and we, we certainly would not want to get to get in the way of, of important work that was already in progress before we met. We just thought it would be it would be Certainly worth our asking to to see if we could come to an agreement. And we would be happy to to compensate you or or Maloof or the village at large, however we may help or benefit everyone in this exchange. We would be grateful for the escort and we would be happy to compensate any who would be put out by the delay of whatever everybody else had in, in progress before we met. He nods, kind of tugging on his, his, uh, his, his beard is unbraided, and he's just kind of grabbing the, the bottom of it and just kind of giving it a tug. I think we can come to an arrangement. That's, he seems to have taken a liking to you and seems to want to help you, and I... I think I can find another messenger that's reasonable enough. So, I think we can... And he, he looks like he's about to get into some details. And then the group, suddenly everyone around kind of goes quiet. And a very, very old bear matron is walking, kind of hobbling her way up to the fire. And everyone just kind of goes quiet and just sort of, not bows, but just not, you know, gives her a very respectful nods, nod of, of their heads. And she, she comes up and uh, um, Gorman's, pauses his conversation with you to uh, get up and uh, uh, come take her her paw and 
help her to a seat. And then she sees you three and kind of waves him off, waves him off and starts kind of hobbling over to the three of you. And she's leaning on a knobbly, on a, on a knobbly wooden cane. Um, that seems way too small for her, for her, her bulk. Um, but she comes over and, so, you are the guests who have come to Hearthstone. Do you come in peace? She starts. Of with, course. She starts with Mira. I am Cola, and she holds out a paw, and she is like, you're pretty sure at one time she might have been a uh a, a brown bear but she is gray everything is is uh is just faded faded to a silvery gray and she's way thinner than all the other adult bear folk you've seen and she holds out a paw to kind of take your hand in something that some sort of approaches a, a handshake and so she she kind of greets mira um, and then she greets Eleanor, and then she greets Yolak. And when she greets Yolak, she shakes his hand, and then there's kind of a, then she pauses, and she looks, and she sniffs. And she leans in close. And then she kind of pull her her lips kind of curl back you smell like the void 